edition of the Movie Scramble podcast. On today's show, we are dropping in on a Q&A, which has been held for the Oscar shortlisted film On My Mind. The film is directed by Martin Strang Hansen and is produced by Kim Magnusson. And on the Q&A, they are joined by the lead actor, Rasmus Hammerich. Please enjoy. Good day, uh, karaoke. Jalen, go on the weekend. Do you want to go karaoke? Help me again sing for my dame. Trine, den her, den er til dig, og du ved godt hvorfor. Elvis, the time to leave the building. Hi guys, you're all very welcome. Thanks for joining us, great. Uh, my name is Vincent Lamb. I'm an Academy Award nominee from 2019, uh, but today I'm here with the cast and crew of On My Mind. Um, which is one of the live-action short films uh, shortlisted for an Oscar this year. So, um, congratulations, guys. Yeah, it's it's great to have you here with us. I think we'll start by just getting each of you to introduce yourselves. So, uh, Martin, let's start with you. Yeah, hi. I'm Martin Strange Hansen. I'm the director, writer, and one of the producers of On My Mind. And right next to Martin here, I'm Rasmus, and I am the, the main character. I get to play the main character, Hintlick. And I'm a Danish actor and um, graduated National Danish Theatre School back in 2006. And Kim. And my name is Kim Magnusson. I'm one of the producers. Produce this together with Martin in our two companies as a co-production. And uh, very happy to see you all and happy to be here. Uh, great. Well, great to have you all with us. First of all, right, Martin, congratulations on making the shortlist. Uh, how did it feel when you saw On My Mind listed there? Well, of course, I was, uh, I was really, really excited. I mean, this was a short film we did for no funding out of, I mean, out of pure passion and love, like one year ago, more or less on the minute uh, now. And for it to suddenly be here in this super elite of films uh, is just, I mean, it's incredible. So I was thrilled. Right. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I think it deserves to be there. And yes, it's a really beautifully made film. So, uh, yeah, it's one of one of my favorites and I was happy to see it there. So tell me, what, what was it that inspired you to, to write this story? Well, there's a couple of inspirations. I mean, it's always like that with stories. It's not just one thing, but for me, it's several things. On the fun note, I remember when I had, we had a rap party of one of my films and I was drunk. I was happy. And I was in a karaoke bar and someone from the crew said, well, Martin, don't you want to sing a song? Uh, yes, of course I did. And three hours later, people were still trying to get me away from the mic because I didn't get the rules of karaoke and just love being there, being in that moment. And that gave me the idea of what if a character wants to sing a song and it's the same song over and over again. And then that connects with the other part of the idea, which is a very, very personal uh, matter for me, because it's based on an experience I had when my daughter was very uh, sick. And while we were actually waiting for that limbo, are we going to say goodbye to her now? Or will she survive another year? Fortunately, at that point, it was another year, but we were in that limbo. And for me, that was getting that feeling of being there and you're about to say goodbye and yeah, which basically is the main driver of the story. 
Right. Wow. That's I mean, so. I mean, that kind of makes it even more poignant, then, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a sad story, but uh, it, it's it's kind of an experience you've you've dealt with. So, is this something that you've wanted to tell for a, a long time? Is this a, a theme that you've been looking at for for a while? This story was kind of it was kind of new for me that I wanted to tell this story because I've always told stories that was kind of close to what I experienced in some way. But this is the first time that I'm going so directly at, should we say, the main core of one of my personal, very uh, emotional uh, points in life. So it was something that came up last year while in lockdown and while everyone was kind of away from their loved ones. I think that also affected me in some way that uh, we were all away from the ones we were close to in a way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Rasmus. Um... You play the, the lead character in this, right? And it's a lovely performance, yes. Yeah, so uh, congratulations, yeah. Uh, Henrik, is is it Henrik? I'm probably yeah, saying it's Henrik, yeah. But yeah, really lovely performance. I, I really liked it, yeah. So uh, just tell us a bit about your character and, and, and what, what's going through his head uh, in, the, in the film. Well, the fun thing was that Martin actually called me up in the beginning and asked me to be the barkeeper. And, oh, right. and at that point, uh, yeah, and I read the, said, okay, send him a script, and I read the script, and I was like, I, I played that character before, and then I was like, I called Martin back and I said, yeah, I don't want to do it. I want to be the main character instead. And then he said, okay, give me a couple of days. And he called me back and said, okay, we got a deal. And then I got to be Henrik because I kind of fell in love with the character because I thought as a character who has a really big emotional depth, but he has so much trouble saying it out loud because if he says it loud, then it becomes real for him. So he'll do anything to, to suppress it. And, and and still he just he he has to put he has to uh, he has to do something and he knows he has to do it but he wants to wait but he knows he can't wait any longer so it's kind of like this and then he has this then he has this uh, experience of seeing the karaoke machine and then having all this reason to to want to sing the song and and and, and say the last goodbye it's, it kind of like gives him the the, the the possibility to have the perfect goodbye mm. to his loved wife. And I would say getting Rasmus on board made me, gave me a, the opportunity to rewrite with a more silent character in mind, uh, right. which in so many ways resonates and gives it even more depth, that character that he had. His so he kind of, he talked you into it, Martin. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he, uh, he was, I always like a challenge and he challenged yeah. me by saying no. And then he got me thinking and got me thinking about what it would be like if we had this, character, which was even more to my main um, experience of being in a Western kind of way, a character walks, a stranger walks into a bar and he's silent. And I thought that Rasmus with his, I mean, being a big guy had that more, that was a more dynamic feeling to that character was if he has all that pain inside and he can only get it out through song. So yeah, thanks for the challenge, man. Yeah, well, well done. No, it's it's lovely, and there's a lovely subtlety, I think, to to your performance as well. You know, your face and your eyes, and uh, uh, yeah. So I, I think it was it was a good decision uh, in the end. Well done for talking him into it, uh, Rasmus. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Kim, uh, you are the producer of On My Mind. Uh, how did this start for you? I mean, what, what was it about this film that made you want to get involved? I mean, uh, Martin and I have uh, known each other very long. I mean, we actually go back and have been so fortunate to actually win an award yeah. before. Uh, so Martin actually came out of film school and did his 
thesis film that he won the Student Academy Award. At that time, they couldn't compete in the in the main categories for winning, uh, like they can this these years. But then um, he came out of film school with a with a fellow producer uh, that came to Eminem, and then we did another short that went on to winning the Oscars the same year, basically. And then they went on to do features together. And then um, we have been apart a little, but of course been very close in the business, uh, both uh, doing work together at Odense and also when I was chairman of the Producer Association and Martin at the Director's Guild and things like that, we of course cross our paths always. And then when this was coming up and uh, Martin had to do it and we had to finance it and all that, we just got to talk about it. I mean, we kind of meet every year at a couple of festivals. And I mean, this, the business here is very small for people. So we, of course, know each other. And then Martin called me and said, I have this, you know, this story. And I pitched it to me. And then I said, I love it. And then uh, we made a co-production on it. So that's that's how we got around it. Right. Well, no, it's it's uh, it's, it's it's a lovely it's a lovely film. So you, you guys have uh, both been to the Oscars already with film and won. Right. So... Uh... Tell us about that, Martin. Uh, when was that? Was it? Is it this charming man? It was called. Yeah, it's this charming man. And you know, um, my son is on his way of leaving on the jet plane. And you know, I mean, leaving home because he's 18 years now, right? He was one week old <laughs> when I won the Oscars in 2003. <laughs> uh, for, so for me, that was at one point. That point. Uh, I was. I felt very fortunate to also have this uh, feeling of connect with actually having a young baby at home that I needed to also attend to. Uh, so I mean, but of course, it was the best best night of my life. Of course. Yeah, and it was. So that was two thousand and three. Is that yeah? And, and yeah. have you found like your uh, approach to filmmaking has changed in the years since? Like from from when you won the Oscar there to to making this film now. I don't think I got the question. So have you found like that your filmmaking style has changed or the way you'd approach filmmaking or anything, has it changed from back in, in 2003 oh. when you won that Oscar or is it still kind of the same type of stories and themes that, that you want to tell? Well, I think there's always a core that is deeply connected with me, which is that I, I tend to go towards darker subjects but have a comedic touch in them, uh, a comedic undertone in them, because in a way, for me, that is uh, it. It the way of portraying characters is in a way of having loved the characters. So I think that is a thing that is you will find also in my next film is right. is, is close to me. But um, of course, I've gotten a lot of ex experience since. So so going back to making a short film like this was also, I mean. Uh, a challenge to go well i'm doing it like there's no budget there's nothing but can you still do it like those film school years in a way uh so, re i won't say reinvent but get back to your roots yeah 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 i mean i, I that's what i kind of noticed about this film that you know it's uh it, it's 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 heartbreaking at times you know but it, there's also this kind of uh, these comedic undertones to the film so i mean was it important for you to to get that balance right yeah it is because i have a feeling i have a i have a thing with the audience i kind of like them uh but i also like to have my film resonate and so you say massage their hearts 
because that's the way I get in and talk with my audience uh, mostly. So for me, that also because when I was in that situation back then with my, which was very, very sorrowful about uh, my daughter's sickness and all that, but we were always laughing. We were often burst into laughing. And so me, for me, there was like, there's a balance between sorrow and, and laughter, which was really close sometimes. So that's why I wanted to have this undertone in it. Yeah, well, well done. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it works very well uh, how, you, how you've done it. Um, so there's, there's lots of questions here from journalists. So I'll, I'll just, I'll, I see one here for Rasmus and Samantha Bambino is asking, have you ever sang in public or have you done karaoke before? And how did it, how did it feel to, <laughs> to do that? Was it something you were comfortable with? I was lucky enough that we have uh, we have singing in the four years during the theater school in Denmark. So I was lucky to get a little bit of the right. teaching and career. Uh, I've done one or two musical performances in Denmark, uh, but uh, karaoke bars in Denmark was very popular in the late '90s when I started going out. So I've done a few, but but we don't really have them anymore. So it's been such a long time since I had the experience of singing karaoke live. So when Martin told me that, I was like. Oh, how is it? How does it work? And it was, I loved being on that stage and, and getting to sing. But it's not me singing here. It is me singing, but it's it's Henrik. So so he's not as comfortable as I would be if I got up there. I probably would be like Martin that you had to pull the mic for me after three hours. Uh, uh, right. Did he tell you to did Martin tell you to purposely make it worse? <laughs> so we talked about because he Henrik kinda have three three tries on the on the song. And the first one he, you know, he he gets in on the on the wrong note and he uh, he's a little bit more shaky and then he gains confidence uh, in the third take. Uh, he has his hat off, he has opens his, his, his jacket and he, he's a bit more confident when he sings that. And, and, and I think when you, when you see the film, I try to have the, the words resonate more with him in the third try. He's actually listening to what he's singing, which is a very, very beautiful song if you listen to the words. On my mind, maybe mm. I didn't hold you quite as often as I should, which is like then he actually hears it for the first time, I think, when he sings it there. So he gets a little misty eyed. Right. Yeah. So there's another question here from uh, a business film. And they're at, if you again, Rasmus, yeah, they're asking, you know, what drew you to the film? And, and were there any particular, uh, particularly difficult uh, scenes for you like to film? I mean, what, what would you what would you say? I think the whole thing about the glass and the breath on the glass and the whole breath of the of life and the whole that talk was was hard because I wanted to, of course, it's emotional for me, but it's not sentimental because he he he's not in a he's not in a position where he he has acknowledged that she's she's gonna die. He's still in some way fighting that maybe a miracle will happen. He knows it because he doesn't believe in miracles, but. I think the little grain of hope is still in him. In him, so he talks about it with, with honor and passion for his his dying wife more than than something sentimental that he makes up. You know, so I thought that was that was a tricky part because I, I always wanted Henrik to be non sentimental but still moved. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of right. like the hardest. Yeah. Okay, so here's an interesting one from Arts Muse magazine, um, Martin. It's for you because it, you know it's it's such a personal. Uh, experience that inspired this story and and the question is you know was making the film therapeutic for you do, did you think I think here I could say that it was but I hear, I mean one thing is that it's uh, many years ago and 
for me, uh, the memory of my daughter is a fun memory. And also, also her death actually is uh, something that I can go back to uh, without being torn apart. Uh, because I think her life, short as it was, was full of joy for us, uh, had meaning. Uh, so in that sense, I would more say that instead of it being therapeutic, it was more like, okay, so now I'm actually putting out there for other people to see. I mean, everyone I know knows it, but then now it's going to be public property in a way, my story. That is maybe the, um, the hard part in, in this part of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, same kind of question as just Celeb was asked, you know, asked, you know, was it, was it a difficult film for you to make? Um, I, I guess when you're, when you're giving, you know, something so personal of yourself, putting it into it. Yeah. I mean, is, is that something that you, you find difficult to, to share or, or, or do you think that's something that, that, you know, makes it a, a better film? Mm. I think it makes it a better film for one thing, uh, one thing for sure. But I've also kind of been rehearsing, to telling embarrassing stuff about myself and stuff I'm proud of, because it's, it's there I often find the essence of my own stories. So in that sense, it's not scary to go there. The scary part is to sharing it with people you don't know, because you don't know how they will look at you afterwards. And that's, uh, that's what I always find interesting. But, but one of the things that I find out with this film is that it resonates deeply with, I mean, people across the board. Teenagers are very affected by it. Older people, of course, people in my generation, uh, my age. And I've also heard people saying that this is about Corona, isn't it? It is about people that have, all those people that have not been able to say goodbye. And he gets really, yeah, 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 right. That, I, I, you know, that, that makes sense now. Yeah, and and you said you wrote it during the pandemic. I so wrote it. I just, I just yeah, want to yeah. from that. Can, can I add a comment to what? Because, because about this, Martin, in, in in when we shot the movie, the whole Martin's personal story wasn't present. And even at a moment, you know, I say, I say, I say a date, which is the the, the marriage date of of uh, Henrik, and then afterwards we went out for break, and I said to Martin, "Oh, is that your uh, daughter's birthday, or is it the day of her death?" And he was like, "No, that's just a date I made up." So I thought that he would actually make an homage or something with me having the saying the date, but it was actually so far from the from the real story that that yeah. that even the date wasn't it. So I yeah. thought that would be. A... But, but but the funny thing was just when you said it was like, "Oh, I should have done that." <laughs> Too late. <laughs> right. We already moved around, so you can do it again. Yeah. And you're so respectful because I just wanted that day to be right. And yeah. oh, but you, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Kim, yeah, well, let's bring you back in. Yeah. So, uh, how did you how did you find working on this? Was there anything like particularly challenging in in getting the film produced or? Uh, no, uh, because no, I think, problem. I mean, as Martin said, it was shot during the pandemic and we were a very, very small crew. So we kind of actually, you know, limited to very, very few people who just needed to be there. So I was actually not so like there uh, during the, the physical production. It was more developing and uh, editing and, you know, the whole other kind of producing uh, because we couldn't be there. We weren't, we were not allowed to be that many people during the pandemic. So we cut it down to the people who really had to be there. 
So we would talk, you know, behind and all these kind of things. And then um, I could just see some of the questions here while I have the, 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 the word in a second. Then there's one here about uh, what is it that attracted me. And I think it comes very clear that from what I said prior to this is that working with Martin early on, of course, always been nice and always been having a great relationship that that that's one part but just the story that we just heard very very honest very very honest and and very very uh, what do you call it warming in a way even though it's a sad even though it's a sad uh, thing about death but i still feel that it it, it gives warmth to the heart because i think it's about um it's about you know, losing, of course, but it's also about keeping. And I believe that's a very, very important thing that you you keep those memories, of, as we just heard Martin saying about the memories of his daughter and all that. And, and, and you know, we didn't want this to be a, a, a daughter. I think, I mean, that hasn't really been dealt, talked about here. And we know we don't like talk about like that, that this is like Martin's uh, fear pretty and all these kind of things. And that's also why it became a grown-up store and not a child because then it would be so much focus i think and maybe i'm talking for myself now but you know it would be so much focus on the whole child issue and we didn't want that to be like oh children dying is always worse than you know i don't think older people dying or no you know grown up dying or something like that. you know the whole thing about losing a child that we didn't want it to be about losing a child per se but we wanted it to about losing somebody but also keeping those great warm memories that it is that you have with people and also that is you know a, a very um, warm heartfelt story and that's what attracted me when 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 martin pitched it to me and uh, and then we got on to you know then we got on to do it so that's yeah i mean that's that's really how what i felt about it and that's why i want to be part of the team so while i've got you uh kim right there's another question came in uh from arts Muse magazine and it's, I, I think it's, you know, it's because you, you've been uh, nominated for an Oscar six times. You've won three times, right? So uh, the question here from Arts Muse is, you know, what's the secret to your success? Is, is there a secret to, or, or is, is there, are there certain themes that, that you feel like uh, work for uh, Oscar shorts? that connect with academy voters yeah i mean i think and i think you know Richard, we know each other also going back and talked about these issues yeah i, I feel yeah. i mean there's only one answer to that and that is making a great film you cannot win an oscar or any other award if you can't make a good if you don't make a good film so maybe my my choices of themes and films and what they're about and all that maybe that uh, uh, you know maybe that goes with the majority of Oscar voting uh, members, I don't know, but you know, yes, we have had a great track record. But also, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, I'm also. It's also just that I I keep on doing it because I feel the shorts are so so important because it's about uh, you know it's about raising talent and and give talent a chance to you know to be out there in the world. And on this story, I mean, of course, Martin has been when we first did the first films. Martin was a brand new talent. Then he's been working since. But making this story was also, I think, like Martin said earlier, it was during the pandemic. And there was this story that if you kind of, you know, that you could do in a small film. And for me, doing short films, you have to look at the story that they get rounded, that they, you know, that they are there for that minutes, uh, 15, 20, 22 minutes, whatever the short is. And then you have a fulfilled storyline. 
not trying to become a small feature or not trying to, you know, take, you know, imagine that you're taking this story and putting it into a feature. It would have been something else. It would not have been so, I mean, now we get right into what it is about the, the main characters, uh, you know, uh, Rasmus is playing, that this is the moment where he just needs to do something quickly. You know, you could have expanded that to two hours, but then you have to get all the stories about why, who's sick, and how did that happen, and blah, blah, blah. This is so condensed, and you get the same feeling. And I feel like doing shorts and keep on doing them, and I just basically, I mean, <laughs> I read that article, you know, some of those articles coming out with the different, uh, you know, different uh, reports. And there was one yesterday about Spielberg that, you know, if he gets nominated this year, he would be the first director that has been nominated in six decades in a row. And I'm just saying, if we get nominated, I would have been nominated in four decades in a row. So it just seems like, and it's not to say that, but it just seems like, you know, I keep on doing it because it really is, a, I have a love for that. I have a love for that kind of filmmaking. I have a love of short films. So yes, I've had great fortune and success, but I also made a lot of films that didn't have the success. So it's not like just every time we do a short film, you know, we, we get on to the success uh, part. But I just keep doing them because I feel that they're important and it's important to raise the talent. I know it's a long answer. Sorry about that. I just get so excited. Well, well yeah, here's hoping for another uh, Oscar nomination, uh, Kim. <laughs> Uh, for both of you, you know. Um, yeah, that would be great. Uh, 20 years after the last one. So, yeah, so uh, actually, and there's a question from Louise Reynolds. Uh, Martin, right? So it says, you know, so congratulations on making the shortlist. Did you uh, anticipate this, you know, and, and what would an Oscar nomination mean to you? Uh, another one. Uh. Wow. Yeah. No, I did not anticipate this. I mean, the first thing was we were... It was about making it and getting it out in the into the world. Uh, uh, so, so for me, was really, really what I really love about this, of course, is that it now has a life. It is in the world. It can travel. It can go out, and it can, I mean, again, connect with an audience because uh, that's what, in a way, my main focus is uh, on this film. Because what it's about is something we all will be experiencing in some way or another and why not yeah then why not uh, connect with an audience uh film business uh, you know what what would it mean for you to 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 win a, a, a second oscar it'll just blow my mind um, <laughs> i think i think honestly i don't know what to say for me being here with this uh i mean in a way it was, was very different with the other one it was a uh, a big budget, and we had a big, very, way big budget. I think ten times bigger than this one, right? Uh, I was just out of film school. I was, uh, I had my head in the sky. I was away. Everything's amazing, and I mean, and now being having a, being able to mature, and still being able to tell a story like this, uh, and getting it over there is, I just feel amazing i mean yeah good it's a nice it's a great place to be in isn't it um so yeah congratulations again so there's a question here from samantha bambino which is an interesting one and she says can you touch on the significance of the ending when the handprint appears on the window yeah oh thanks a lot because that was something i really 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 was uh thinking a lot about uh for me that ending is about i mean of course it's significant 
The signification is that she's gone. But in a way, we all leave marks. She's just left her mark in his heart, right? And, and I remember from that period myself, going through sorrow, going through all that, that's a, there is that light where you feel the presence of the one you just lost. And it's, they are so much there. And in a way, I wanted that, I wanted her to be in the film, all through the film, without her act. We, we never see her face. So she becomes this, she's here inside of him. And in a way, that's why we're going there and seeing that hand, uh, which is kind of the imprint of her soul, right? Right. Yeah, lovely. Um, and so back to you, Rasmus, then. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, it, it's a lovely performance and you get such a, a nice, I mean, there's a real nuanced performance there. You can say a lot with your face and uh, and your eyes, you know, so there's just a nice subtlety there. You know, is that something that, you know, you apply to to all of your roles or, or was this was this role different to you to some stuff you played before? No, no, I, like, like I said before that when Martin asked me to do the barkeep, I that role I've played before. Um, right. So, so that's why, and I, I was at a, at a point in my career where I thought from now on, I only want to do things that challenges me. So you're uh, getting so a bit why. typecast, were you as the barman? I right? was, I'm, I'm, I'm 6'2 and I have a bit of authority in me. So, you know, I've played all sorts of different police officers and, right. or criminals. Um, and, and I thought, okay, this is, this is just a regular guy. And I rarely get to play the regular guy. I've been fortunate to, to do that uh, sometimes since, but, but just, just a guy with, with a real genuine problem. So, so I really went into seeing how, like I said earlier, not making it sentimental, but just being a man in myth sorrow. And, and, and still we talked about this is not this, her death is not something that's been known for years. You know, he hasn't had time to do it. This might be something that happened within three weeks. So it's, it's kind of like, also he's in shock in some way. He hasn't really thought about what's going to happen. He hasn't, you know, uh, she's not been in the hospice for a long time and he's re recaptured his own life or anything. So, so I decided to just see if I could do a character that was just a man being right there right now and not knowing what would happen afterwards. So, so I think like when you say it's kind of minimalistic, that was kind of what I was going for not being too too expressive with my face because I can do that too but but you know it's he just wanted to be a man and it was also I was kind of scruffy looking at the time I, you know I had the big corona hair and the big corona beard and and just being a man who just let go in some way of, of himself not being uh, this guy who who had been groomed just before he was just he was just there so I really tried to just be present yeah, well, you know, it worked very well, you know, and I think you know, a big part of what gives the film uh, its heart is is your performance, you know, and there's there's a lovely subtlety there, and it's it's really quite touching. Then you know, when it when it's revealed that uh, this is the day you're going to be switching off the, the life support for for your wife. What I also noticed about the film was that there was a very interesting dynamic between the the three characters in the the bar. You know, they're, they're all they're all very different, right? So do you want to talk a bit about that, uh, Martin? Like, I mean, where you kind of get the, the antagonist in, um, in Freeman's character, the, the, the manager sitting at the desk, but then there's something like the, I think the, you know, the barmaid kind of, you know, she feels a bit sorry for you or something, doesn't she? So um, yeah, it was, it was a really interesting dynamic. Is that something that you, you had kind of uh, planned on, Martin? 
Yeah, one of the things I wanted it to feel like is that this, this bar, these two people in the bar, they're not married, but they could have been. I mean, it's like it's an right. they are so accustomed to being close to each other that they tease each other all the time. She knows exactly which buttons to touch uh, to yank, right? So she, she knows how to she get has, around him, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has a feeling that he he uh, has authority of the bar. But she, in a way, has. She's the heart of the bar. And one of the things that she, that she finds out quickly is that there's something going on inside here. And as experienced she is being behind the bar, she becomes curious as to what is happening. And then being able to tingle, uh, uh, yank his leg over there is always good. Uh, and yeah, and that guy, he went, also went from being all about money to being more that he didn't want to be bothered in a way. And he has this thing about his authority being questioned. And that's actually what makes him want to be man, man. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a right <laughs> grump. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's where a lot of the comedy comes from. Uh, from Is it Ole? Is, is, how do you pronounce his name? Is it Ole? Ole, yeah. Ole, yeah, who plays Previn, right. Um, but, you know, I, I found it quite funny, like, you know, where uh, it says, no, karaoke is only on the weekends, uh, because you know why? Because <laughs> that's my time off. And, you know, I couldn't help but chuckle. But at the same time, he plays it very straight, you know, and, and I think that's what makes it so funny, you know, because, you know, he's not he's not playing it for the laughs. Um, oh. it, it just is quite funny, <laughs> the oh. situation. So and we talked a bit. We talked a bit with all about this having a barkeep who's kind of jealous when his when his bartender she's flirting with the customers. It's kind of counterproductive because first right. of all, it's been for twenty years, so you have had a hard time for twenty years, and that's kind of also part of the part of the uniform that you have to flirt with customers. So having this barkeep that's a little bit jealous <laughs> of everything that goes on in bars is, is also funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a really nice chemistry as well between you and uh, Camilla, who plays the, the bar girl. Uh, and, and all of you, I think, just kind of work together. You know, it would be a very different mood if uh, if you took any one of them away. You know, if it was just you who came in and it was prevalent, you know, it wouldn't work. It would be a very cold atmosphere. But, you know, Camilla is kind of like there uh, in the middle and kind of, you know, the, the, the buffer between you, you know. So how did you find working with... Um, with with the two other actors, um, Rasmus. Well, I've I've known them for a long time. I actually um, I played with both Camilla and Ole before, and Camilla's kind of like everybody's mother on film and TV in Denmark. So so you always get this very uh, heartfelt and 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 lovely connection with her when you play with her because she's she's just a lovely woman. And the fun thing that was that I knew on the summer we we're going to have the Euro 2020 in Copenhagen. I was going to be presenting for the for the UEFA on the UEFA stage. And I, I asked Camilla to be my co-host there. So we had that going on on the side. We talked about that. And and it's just, Oli is a great uh, improviser. He's really, really good at that. So, you know, you can you will always get something from him. If you give him something, you'll get something back. So was and, there much and, improvisation Uh with it or, or was that all scripted or i think between those two there were more yeah we did i mean we did we had a, an entire day in the bar where we ran through the the script and we improvised some of the i mean specifically some of this, the interaction between ole and camilla 
we uh, came up with in that day. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, so that we were using Olus and some of the, the lines that ended up in the script, like uh, this is not uh, a place for homeless uh, and stuff like that. That was uh, something that came from him and uh, he touched me or something. Right, so uh, Kim, uh, yeah, I, how, many, how many days were you shooting for? With the film, it's, it's it's quite neat because you've got like it's it's just two locations, am I right? Yeah, and three actors. So it's yeah. yeah I just like I, how long did it take to shoot? Maybe I should ask that. No, <laughs> right, I mean it took I think four days, kind of mixed, right, Martin? Yeah, four days, three days in the bar, right. and one day in the hospital, and the tiniest crew you could imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it's the sort of story that you can shoot during a, a pandemic. You can, you know, it's yeah. easy to. I mean, we had Corona lockdown. You could only you could only be ten people, right? So we were six crew member and three actors. Right. The tiniest crew you could imagine at all. And was it self funded, or or did you was it commissioned by by anyone, or? or... I mean, we started out self funded, so it's right. self funded, and we've been able to get some funding. Uh, Cross and Kim has been helpful, but also helping with that. And uh, so, yeah, but we started up uh, completely self-funded. But no uh, institutional funding, I mean, like the film commission or anything like that. So it's, you know, our own financing and then got some help from some of the uh, director, writer and actors guild uh, that could put some money in there. So film business have another question just uh, about the cinematography martin if you did you want to say something uh, about that they said the cinematography is fantastic uh, can you tell us more about uh who you worked with oh i love to say that to ian uh ian is a, is a guy uh, i went to film school with uh he's a cinematographer from uh, from film school and one of the things we talked about while when we came into the bar is like we wanted to kind of have an old-fashioned feeling also in the cinematography and the lighting. And we looked at old, old Kawai Smicky films to get that kind of a little hot lighting uh, from the end because it kind of, it fits so well with both the characters and it fits so well with that mood we wanted in the film. So, uh, and that's why we had this, it's everything is on a tripod, only two camera movements, something like that in the film because of that, yeah. So, so that's, yeah, I think the cinematography is very, very good as well. Right. Yeah, no, no, really, really nicely done. Yeah. Um, so where, where are you in the, the festival run with this then? Is it, has, it, has it just kind of started or are you somewhere around the middle or? No, we're somewhere around the middle now. Yeah, we you, started yeah. out in uh, uh, last year. No, we premiered at LA Shorts last year. And then Odense right after, and then the, we are on to the festivals uh, now, uh, and still hoping to get another good year uh, on the so festival. Bambino asks, is it available for public viewing anywhere, or it's 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 only in festivals? I'm guessing. Is it at the moment? It's at not yet. But so uh, where, what's, what's next for it? Now? I mean, but, uh, it will. Um, I mean, it's at festivals right now, and of course. Uh, knock on wood if there was wood to, uh, wood to knock on on a zoom call uh, then if we make uh, the nominations uh, it will travel with the rest of the nominees in the short film reach out by short film international around the world and then it uh, we are, have different offers from different uh, uh, from different sales agencies to represent us uh, so we're looking into different options right now okay Okay, great. 
So, so uh, Martin, then back to you. Uh, what, what, I mean, what, what would you like people to take away from the film after they've seen it? Oh, wow. Well, one of the things that I want them to, well, maybe, because I think I find that the people connect to it. I won't say they connect to it differently. They all connect to it very emotionally. But um, as I said before, some are kind of analyzing it into the whole Corona uh, environment. Uh, and I had this, uh, this guy came the other day and said, well, my, my father just died. So when I saw this, it was, for me, it is about being me right now and being, I mean, losing my father. And then I, and I feel kind of, I, I'm, I hate being where I am, but there's also feeling that there's a kind of hope in it. But I would say that uh, one of the things that's important for Henrik as a character and why I hope that in two years he'll be able to still think about her is because he connects and gets, uh, she would say, aligned with her death by saying a proper goodbye. Because if he couldn't do that, then he couldn't go back and remember her. So she'll, be, she'll die twice. Also her memories, yeah. And that's something that I wanted, that was kind of important for me because it's important to keep those, uh, not being, being, being afraid of going back into that wound in a way. Right, okay, well, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a lovely film, you know, and, and it's great to hear your story of, of how it's, you know, so personal to you and, and where it came from. You know, it's great to see it on the short list there. I, I really hope it gets a nomination and, and goes all the way. And, uh, um, you know, Kim needs more space uh, on his shelf there. Uh, for uh, another Oscar, right? You know, and uh, no, it'd be great to see to see it go all the way. So uh, the very best of luck with it all, and and thanks so much to to all of you for joining us, and thanks to all the journalists who joined us as well, and thanks for all your questions. Uh, it's been really great uh, chatting to all of you. Uh, okay, thanks very much. Bye. All the best.